Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one, the only J.D. Walters on the show. This guy is a business owner, entrepreneur, a director, an actor, a producer. This guy has it all going on. So make sure you do two things. Number one, I would really appreciate it if you share this out with everybody you know. And number two, just click that little share button, that share button. And number two, stay with us because we'll be right back and I'm going to have the one and only J.D. Walters on the show. Stay with us. Let me bring Jay on and let's break through some walls. Jay, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate you inviting me. I am honored to have you here. Look at this. We already got Bridget watching. <laughs> Loyal fan there. <laughs> Bridget's awesome, man. I, <laughs> I Every time I see her, I have to bring it up. Like She can yell. Woo! Quite she said, I wasn't yelling. I was projecting. <laughs> You have to have someone on set doing that though, because time gets away with you pretty quick. I know it's it's she's awesome. So um, so listen, I, I started this show. I guess it's been about five years ago. She's she's laughing now. Um, it's been oh my! I think in April it'll be five years. So um, and and it was really probably for selfish reasons. I I, I was kind of stuck in life and I wanted to hear how other people got unstuck in life. So that's why I started the show and man, it's been so awesome. So listen, why don't we start with you talking about where you were born and raised? Where did it all begin for you? Absolutely. Well, I was born in Houston, Texas, um, 1968 to mom and dad, Joe and Floyd Walters, uh, lived the first part of my 10, 11 years there. And then my parents become missionaries in Honduras. So, uh, we moved to Honduras where I lived probably for the next 10 years, wow. met my wife there. And, uh, it was a wonderful place to grow up. Uh, people were wonderful. Uh, I wouldn't trade the experience for nothing in the world. You know, people didn't have a lot there, but they had big hearts. And, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story because I have to tell the story about Honduras. One of the, the one of the last times, when, we, when, when I was probably about 12 years old, me and my family were traveling in, in uh, vehicles full of furniture. Well, one of them was an old bread truck and it was full of furniture and it was being driven by, and I forgot the man's name, and, and my parents were in a car in front of us. And I was actually riding with my parents and my, my mom and dad said, go trade with your brother. I have four brothers and one sister, Deanna, yeah. I think, who's actually on here. So yeah. go trade with your brother. And, and I couldn't find my shoes. So I jumped out of the car and, and we traded and I was in this bread truck. It was just a, just the front part of it. There was my older brother uh, and this gentleman and me. 
Uh, anyway, we come into a white and they're making larger trucks go one way. This is in Honduras and smaller vehicles go a different way because we're working on a new road. Um, make a long story short, we got separated and it was night and the gentleman who was driving was a little bit of afraid to, to stop just anywhere to get gas. So he decided we're, we, we're going to keep going and he was almost out of gas. Well, we, we get about 30 minutes down the road and he, he says, we got to turn around. We're going to run out of gas. And this is probably 10 o'clock at night, pitch dark. Wow. So he starts backing up and, uh, and he backs up and, and we don't know whether we're going off a mountain or whether we're going, we don't know. Anyway, it ends up being in a ditch, breaks the axle. So we're stuck in the ditch overnight. Oh my gosh. So we all kind of sleep or kind of didn't sleep. Um, but I'm going to, there's a reason for this long story. It's because I want to tell you the heart yeah. of Honduras. So we wake up in the morning from what little sleep we had. And it is just, villagers coming from everywhere riding bicycles walking and everything else and it was just it came alive it was beautiful so we said okay i guess we're gonna have to try to walk back there was a gas station probably not that far back but and i didn't have no shoes so i'm having to walk barefoot and you know to choose my brother and this gentleman so we start walking and lo and behold this guy on a bicycle comes and he spoke a little bit of english because at this time i didn't speak a whole lot of spanish and he asked us what was going on. I guess he saw the truck and he says, well, I can help you. And he puts me on the back of his bike and he rides me to town. And it ends up being the mayor's son, the mayor of this little town. What? Yes. Uh, uh, this is how, 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 how God works in, in, in places. But they end up helping us call, um, call the United States so we can get in contact with my parents, find out where they were. Um, and, and they went and bought this poor missionary kid some shoes. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> serious. So wow. that was one of my first experience with the heart of Honduras. I mean, the, the, the people are just loving and they had to give you the shirt, the shirt off your back. And, uh, so lots of love from my, from my Honduras family. And how long were you there? Uh, the first time I, I lived there till I was about 22 um and my parents were there they had moved to el salvador and, and now they're back in the u.s but they were probably there a little longer wow. i actually have a brother that still lives there wow. um my wife's from there she's from honduras i met she's my high school sweetheart we met back in 86 i think and wow took me a long time but i did convince her to say yes <laughs> yeah right so uh, but that, so that's go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no i i'm i'm just curious like what when you say you went on a a, a mission there what's that mean what how well my, my father is a missionary uh, so he he was working with uh an organization his organization called american harvesters and at the time what he was doing is he was you know that nicaragua had a lot of refugees coming into honduras and at the time okay. he his his uh mission was always to help existing churches and to help the to help the uh refugees in honduras so he was bringing in things for the refugees and he was also uh he was also you know bringing support to existing churches and that's kind of kind of always been his mission not, not necessarily to go build new churches but to go and try to be a support system for those existing churches and wow. uh, he, I, I forgot how many countries he's been to but it's quite a quite a bit of countries um, but, that's uh, so awesome, man. That's so awesome. So you were there till you said 20, 
two so about 20 21 21 okay. is when i moved back because uh my my okay. sweetheart said she would marry me but her dad pretty much told me well how are you going to support her <laughs> he wouldn't let <laughs> me without supporting her so uh, i i moved back to stay with my grandmother uh for a period and went went to school and uh worked as a cook and uh wow. and, and, and until i could get a little little bit to, to go pick up my bride and bring her back to the, to Texas and which is what we did. And, um, I remember we came and stayed with my grandmother for the first, you know, couple of months and finally got our own apartment and, and, uh, got down to our last $50 before we found jobs. So, you know, some, sometimes that's just the way it works. And did, uh, now, did you, were you in, in Texas? Yes. Longview, Texas. Longview. Okay. Okay. So, so you were, um, how long were you here before you went back and picked up your bride? Uh, I, I was, I was here for about a year and a half. I mean, I'd go back for the holidays. Uh, wow. and so I would see her and we would talk on the phone. Wasn't, wasn't cheap to talk on the phone those days because we didn't have the internet, but so yeah. we'd talk maybe once or twice a month, but, uh, we, we dated so long that, you know, I knew that, that she'd be there waiting for me. I wasn't worried about that. Wow. And I know she wasn't worried because she knew I was the one getting, the, you know, getting a good deal out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I married up. Let me put it to you that way. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, so you came back, you, you said you both got, now how was her English? Did she speak English? Oh, uh, yeah. My, my wife had actually lived in, in, in New York or Long Island for a period of time. Uh, oh, Wow. So she spoke probably better English than I do. I know she could write it and read it better than I can. Still can. <laughs> Constantly correcting my spelling because I'm I'm terrible. I'm a terrible speller. I think that's what wives are for. That's one right. of their primary functions in life is to to correct our spelling. <laughs> well, my wife has a lot of correcting to do. <laughs> so 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 you you went and picked her up brought her back y'all got married i'm assuming here or did you get married in honduras well we actually got married in honduras and we got that's another funny story we got we got married three times wow um okay third time's charm yeah in honduras <laughs> you have to be married basically by a lawyer or a justice of peace and, and then wow. my dad married us and then a week later we had a catholic wedding so i got married three times but I didn't get to start the honeymoon until the third wedding for some reason. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> wow. But so, I, I, I figured now, I mean, I guess if, if, if my wife ever wanted a divorce, it's going to cost me three times as much. Right. You're going to be homeless. She'll be yeah. sitting well. Yeah. I'll be yeah. like that old country record. You play backwards. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so when you, um, when you got back, um, Wow, look at this. Um, <laughs> where did that come from? Uh, that must be out on the internet or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Some yeah. of my friends. So, so you, um, you said you lived with at your grandmother's house for mm -hmm. the first couple of months until you got a job. Were you still in, were you going to college? Uh, I was, I, I was, you know, I, I kind of piecemealed my education. I, I got a, a, a technical degree in, in, in computer operations. The first thing I actually started college in Honduras and 
in Spanish, and it ended up being too hard for me. And so I came back and went to school here. But I continued getting my education over the years, too, and my, my wife as well. Uh, when our first jobs, though, my wife was working at a convenience store at late at night, and I was working working for a place a place called Sabine Valley here. I, I wasn't even at home five days a week. I wasn't. I lived with uh, three men who who uh, who needed assistance, and so Monday through Friday, I would live with them to help them do grocery shopping, and that was my job for the first six months that that I worked after we were married. Wow. Um, and then I was fortunate enough that my cousin's uh, wife got a job at a place, a telecom company, and that kind of changed everything because I went to work there and then eventually became a customer, then eventually a competitor of, of theirs. Now we're not competitors anymore. We're actually a customer again. But wow, um, that's we started we started the telecom business in 1995, I think, and I was married in 91. So about four years later. Um, so telecom, I mean, that's a broad range of, of, of services, right? So what, what is that? What do you, what do you do or what well, did what, you start doing back then? Well, what we were doing at first is we, we were reselling another company and what we were doing, if you were traveled internationally, cause all of my family members spoke Spanish and, and, and that helped. If you traveled internationally and you needed to call home, you would, you would have to go through an operator. Well, back in the nineties, you know, Telecom has kind of changed and really opened up for everybody that wanted yeah. to get into it. So what we were selling is is a revenue share program with the hospital, the hotels. When people call back, if they prefer our service, we would give them a, a share of the revenue. Uh, and and that, that's that's how we started. Wow. And, and that was pretty much our, our business until probably. 2005. Uh, and then, then we moved to we started focus. We did a shift. We had a you know, in business, sometimes things go south and we had a, a relationship that went south. So we ended up having to change our strategies so that we could, you know, move on. Uh, so we ended up we ended up targeting pay phones, which was what the company that we were supporting before was doing. But we broke off and built our own call center, I guess, what you can call it at the time. Uh, and we're doing pay phones. And then, of course, cell phones changed everything again. Yeah. No one uses a payphone anymore. Um, so not, now our, our primary focus, well, actually our only focus is we provide telecom services to correctional facilities. So okay. we allow uh, video visitation, messaging, and phone calls to family members. And because because it's in a correctional facility, it has to be locked down and, and restricted and stuff like that. But that that's what that business currently does. And, it, and we, we'll be celebrating, I think, our 27th year this year. So it, it's, wow. yeah. You have our, seen some changes. Absolutely. Now, is did you get, was, uh, I'm trying to remember because I, I remember AT&T used to own everything and then they, the, everything kind of got deregulated and, and was that when you kind of got into it was back then or? Well, I went to work for a company who kind of got into it right after that. Okay. And, and then me and my business partner kind of, we at first were selling their products and then we broke off and formed our own uh, telecom. You know, we're a small telecom company, but it's, it's a really niche market. Yeah. We, we've been very fortunate that we, we have work people, the coworkers who've been with us for over 20 years, the vast majority of them. Uh, so it really helps out. 
And you do this in in prisons, jails. It's all, all the above. Yeah, it's all centralized. It's actually that our facility is located in Longview, but you know the internet's changed everything. Now everything is transferred over voice over IP. Yeah, voice over the internet, and that's how they get into us. Or even the video is the same way. I mean, kind of like this call we're doing right now. We actually provide a service similar to this for for. Uh, for the, the, the inmate to communicate with his family members. Wow. Uh, which was really a good thing during COVID because during COVID you could, it was locked down. And, and so the only way they could actually see their family face to face was, uh, was to do something like a video call. Right. It's the only way a lot of people can see their right. family, <laughs> like not just those incarcerated. Well, on, mm-hmm. on that business, I, I kind of, I, I have taken about two years ago, decided to kind of, take a, a little bit less of a daily role there. My business partner continues to ro- to run it. So yeah. while I'm still involved, I'm not really involved in the day-to-day operations anymore. So, and, and I know, I, I actually knew that about you. Um, so when you, obviously, um, I've heard about your house. I heard it's a pretty nice little, little joint you got going there. <laughs> so, so, um, you've obviously done well in business. Um, when you talk about the, the, why you took a step back, what, what you're, what you're really getting into now, like, cause I, I, I love what you're doing now. Well, uh, I've always had a, I had a desire to, to be involved in one way or the other in, in the movie industry. Uh, yeah. and I, I was thinking back and I had a, a little, I didn't bring it. I was going to bring it to you. I wrote my first story when I was 17 and not very, very many people know about that. And I actually have the book of it. it, it wow. Oddly to say it was a, it was a story. It was an action adventure missionary story of a missionary family having to escape Nicaragua. Cause at the time that was, you know, what was going on in my life, you know, that yeah. was happening. But, um, I was fortunate to have a business partner, my current business partner, who who let me explore things over the years. I mean, I, I, I during September 11th, I was actually in California when 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 that hit, attending a, a filmmaking, a one month filmmaking course because my business partner always supported me. He said, "Yeah, I go do that stuff." I'm kind of kind of get bored easy, so I have to keep keep moving on. I, mean, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yes, uh, um, and and so. I was very fortunate to that. So I've been pretty much dabbling with this since I would say 2000 was able to, to, uh, film our first film in 2010 when it was released in 2012, um, which was, was a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's a, it's a hard work and, and requires a lot of, a lot of talent to get it done. But, but, uh, fortunately we have a lot of those people in, in Texas and Louisiana. And Nashville too. So, so talk about the so 2010. You mm-hmm. decide you're going to do a movie. How how does that even work? What what if there's somebody watching that says, you know, I always wanted to do a movie. What do they need to do? Just do it. Like get out their iPhone and start filming, or. Well, I'll tell you what I did, what I did, which is maybe not be the same route. Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana was having all kinds of films coming in, coming in after Katrina hit, hit in New Orleans. Yeah. And, and so uh, I, I just started, you know, doing all the extra work I could do. 
I'm, I think I played a dead man on, on Battle Los Angeles for two weeks. I was a pay grade yeah. above the dummy in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, I got to meet some, some of the talent there, and I got to – I mean, I got a real hands-on view of how the, the bigger productions work, which uh, there's, wow. you know, ours is nowhere near that. But it was really, right. really a cool experience, and you, and I got to meet people there and see how how it pretty much works. Um, I finally bit the bullet and started probably in 2008 or something like that. Said, okay, I have an idea for for a script, um, but I'm not a script writer, at least. I've always had someone help me whenever I have a story because I, I think that, that they bring something I don't have. But so I, I was able to contract a local producer who was also a casting director named Tara, Tara, uh, Tara, uh, Tara I'm going to get her name wrong. So I'm forgive that. Forgive me, Tara. And <laughs> she contracted Molly uh, to help her as well. They were both produced the first film and we contracted Robert Orr to direct and write the script, which he did. Uh, and that's how the how the first film because the first film was really the main main characters are two. I was one of them. I was a a, a doctor who lost his family in a in a in a car wreck where I, another young lady was drunk driving. So yeah, wow. uh, so which was kind of funny. After Kara told me that I didn't know that about Kara when I saw her interview that that's how her dad had passed away. Isn't that crazy? It is See? crazy. Wow. Um, but that was a good experience. And, and uh, what it, it basically gave me, it hooked me a little bit more after doing the first one because it's, it's like an adrenaline rush, especially when you're on set and you're filming. And, and uh, so it was a fun experience. You strike me as in the little bit of time that we, we hung out or, or, you know, um, because I, I was I was one of the star. I mean, I'm sorry. I was one of the extras <laughs> in, in Grumpy Old Santa. I don't know. Glenn and I were doing a show, and, and and I said, Glenn, I'm a movie star now. And he's like, yes. And ever since you became one, you've been, there's some words I'd like to use to describe you. <laughs> Insufferable. Arrogant. <laughs> I said, come on, man. I'm just playing. But, but. You know, you strike me as a very humble person, but a, someone that really wants to 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 change the world. Almost, it feels like that's kind of the energy you you um, put out, <laughs> Bridget. Bridget's so funny. Um, but you yeah. you know, you seem like you want to make this big splash in the world. Well. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to answer that, Ken. You got me. Uh, I think I think what I want, really, what I want for me is I, I'd love to see East Texas in, in in particular get a piece of the entertainment pie. I, I think we're under under uh, underserved. Um, we don't always get to show our culture. It's right. a wonderful culture. I love living in East Texas. It's it's a it's just a loving place. And I know there's a lot of other places in, in this country that are the same way. I guess it's small town, USA. Um, and I don't, technology has changed enough that there's no reason why we can't be producing films in our area and producing them on a regular basis. And I really think that, that 
for me, that's what I want. I'd like to see us doing one a year. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the goal. It's, do, do me a favor, explain to the audience because, and, and I'm, I got to figure out how to ask this exactly. So there is a hierarchy in a movie production, right? There's, the main guy is the producer. Is that right? Well, how, how I, does it work? I what? think it really depends on whether an independent film is probably a little bit different than the big budgets. Okay. Uh, but it, usually there, there's an executive producer who is, these are the money guys. Okay. And then the producer, and there may be, you know, this is probably a good Micah question because most of my experience has been in independence, but uh, the producer is, the, is basically running the show. Uh, he's putting all the pieces together. The executive producer, it, it, like any investor, has a lot of say on what can and can't be done. Okay. But uh, and so, I, I, if the producer had a boss, it would be the executive producer. But in an ideal situation, the producer is the one that's going to make most of the decisions. Okay. When it comes okay. to comes to uh, hiring and and I guess managing everything while while you're filming before and after too, because now we're in post. And, and there's still pieces that have to be put together, actually quite a bit of pieces. And then the, the director, the, the director on the set is basically, it's supposed to be their vision of, of the script. Uh, in, in, in the case of Grumpy Old Santa, I was very fortunate because I had several people who have directed before, because this is my directing debut. And, and they were very helpful uh, from Jeff to, 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 to Micah to, to, to David all have directed stuff before and, and Glenn of course was always a big help. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he has so much experience and, and he, he brought that to set. And if he didn't think something was working, he helped us tweak it. And he obviously did a lot, of, a lot of good tweaking. And I think that we will have a better film because of it. Yeah. I think, well, what I, what I saw, we're talking about um, the film grumpy old Santa um i glenn said that's the working title right um, grumpy old santa whatever that means <laughs> but, that's what we're calling that's what we're calling it for now but that may not be how it's released we don't know that yet right right so so you, you the 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 first part is somebody writes a script right or at least right. has an idea for a script and and starts putting that together um i, I find it interesting it sounds to me like a lot of look who's on here oh hey, look who's Kara's watching Kara. um so it sounds to me like a lot of time and money goes into um making a movie before the movie ever even like is like okay we're gonna do this like there's time and money that goes into it before you ever even say okay we're gonna do this movie yeah, I, I think the, the, the most difficult part to begin with is to actually get a story that's compelling enough to make a movie out of it. Right. Um, and I, I'll give you a little little bit of uh, insight on, on Grumpy Old Santa. Me and my co-writer, Justin, um, we started off in a totally different direction than where it ended up. At first, it was two two old Santas, and and they were they were rotating Santas and on a Christmas light park, 
Uh, and and we we sent it out to get it tested and they come back and says this is said you can do this if you want but but and and all the notes they gave us were were really good and they were right on they said this could be too this could be anything it's not a christmas movie is basically what they said and so we we went back to the drawing board and we we rewrote the script we we had a lot of the same characters um but we rewrote the script this time it was a, a a golf movie (laughs) <laughs> a what it was a golf movie goth g-o-t-h yeah, yeah it, it, a golf uh, it, it was a golf tournament called oh, golf geo okay golf okay yeah, gotcha golf yeah um and and what you it was okay but we sent it out to to get okay what would it cost to make and got the shock of our life <laughs> really <laughs> okay we got to rewrite this again <laughs> And so we, we were looking, okay, we can rewrite, we can, we can make mini, mini, mini golf or miniature golf, but, but we could maybe do that and get away with it. And, and I said, what about bowling? And I, I tell you, bowling, bowling. And when we started rewriting towards bowling, it was just so much funnier. So, um, yeah, we went through four rewrites before we got to the bowling aspect of it. And, and the bowling turned out to be the best, the best one of all of them. And this is before you ever like, decided okay we are going to make a movie well yeah i was talking to micah micah on the first version micah read the producer micah yeah he read the first version he and he got someone to to read it to give us some notes of what could change and make it better and and so we were going to make this the plan was always to make it we just didn't have the script where it needed to be until probably i'd say september october wow so so okay many years of running a business right in 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 the in the tele telecom industry um was was as you were building that business running that business and going through the ups and downs of that i mean that by itself is it can be tumultuous right but did you always have that thing in your like i i gotta make movies this i hate this i gotta make movies <laughs> maybe not i hate this but did you ever well, feel was there that burning desire like i gotta make movies yes and it, it, I, I wouldn't say it was a hate because because I, yeah. I really the people i work with at nci are wonderful people and, and I'm blessed because because of that group, I am able to explore these avenues, uh, including my business partner and and, uh, and um, all my coworkers at NCIC. Um, but yes, unfortunately for them, <laughs> or fortunate for them, I, I've had the bug for quite a while, and, and, and you know it's it's not an, not an easy industry to break into either. So, but this is going to be the one. This is not, I believe that. This is, this, be the is one. this is a good film. This is really a great, it's a great film. So, so, okay. 2010, you did the first movie um, and you were the, what were you? What was your role? I, I was the executive producer. All the films okay. I've been executive producers on, but uh, in the first mm-hmm. one, I was the, I wasn't the main character. Rachel, Rachel Boston was the, the main character, the young lady. And I was her, the co-star. I played the crazy doctor that kidnaps her. 
there's a lot more to the story. I want to, if somebody wants to watch it, you have to watch it to the end, or it's you may not like it because it looks. Unfortunately, I think the trailer that the distributor cut makes it look more like a horror film when it's really not a horror film. Oh wow, uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Um, lot lesson learned. Yeah, Ray likes it. That's Ray's. It's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, buddy. He says that's his favorite. Uh, really. Yeah, 2014. I we did a, a, a second film. Uh, I I had maybe a 30 second acting part now, but most of that when I was just just a uh, executive producer, which basically means the money. Uh, on on that one, um, yes, Rachel Boston. That's my wife. You met my oh, wife. Okay. Yeah. She, she, hey, Jill. Good to see you. Um, and then the third one was in the last two I did before Grumpy Old Center were done in, in Nashville. Uh, and so I did it, the, the second one was Chasing Ghosts, which is a, a story about a young man who who accidentally captures a ghost on camera and becomes a YouTube sensation. It's kind of a drama comedy. It uh, had Tim Meadows in it. It's a pretty good film. Uh, and then the third one we did is called Cecil, which, uh, which was... Um, about a young man who had a speech impediment and and it was based on the director uh, spencer is the director uh based loosely on his life and he was a real big michael jordan fan when he was growing up but anyway it, it's a kids movie and i play the evil principal in that one that's <laughs> selling all the funds i always play bad guys for some reason yeah, like what's that all about character cast yeah <clears throat> so okay Crazy, uh, just out of left field question. Sure. For an independent film, what you know, you said you you're you're the money guy on these. I'm not asking for exact, but ballpark. What's it take to to fund a movie project, an independent film like this? I mean, you hear about the 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 Tom Cruise movies being you know a hundred million dollars and like. They spend more at lunch than we do on the whole thing. <laughs> that's, awesome. that's probably true. Wow. In the indie world is is, is different uh, in, in that we can't uh, we have to to work in a very small arena. Okay. What am I trying to say here? Um, you can make an indie film for five thousand. You can make an indie film for five million. I, I yeah. am nowhere in the million by par, ballpark. Uh, I would say the average budget of the four films, if you put them all together, for me, has been about it's been about two hundred fifty thousand each. Wow. You average them all four. Good Lord, uh, have mercy. Yeah, the, the, it, it's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. Well, that, that, my wife get, has given me some ultimatums. Come on, you got to make this work. <laughs> So, okay. So you, you, you do this whole film, you put all this together, um, you, and, and I'm, I'm just saying a film, not any film in particular. Um, and, and you get the talent, you get the people, the actors, the actresses to come in. Um, you get somebody to scream quiet on the set. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I had to Bridget. I, I love Bridget. She's awesome. Um, but you know, you've got because uh, I, I look. That was my very first time ever being on on a movie set, 
And I was like, this is unbelievable. I couldn't believe like people walking around carrying boom mics and you've got, <laughs> she said, she says, I do more than yell. Um, but like, you know, you've got a lot of things happening, a lot of things happening all at once. And, and so you put all of this together, you go into production afterwards, you do the editing, right? That's going to take some time. Obviously I'm an editor. I know what it takes. Um, and, and then what, like Warner brothers call you and say, we want to, we want to buy that from you for a trillion dollars or that would be great if they want want to, I'll give them my number anytime. (laughs) I, I wish it's that it was that easy, but that that is, you know, it's like any product. We have to go out and sell it. Um, I mean, I think right now we have two options, and th- there's some direct distribution solutions, or or you go out and find a distributor. Uh, and I think what what will happen this time will be we will, we will explore options. Um, I'm I am I've gone the distributor route three times, and um, and the, the biggest problem with distributors is, is if you don't get the right one. I got burned twice, by the way. Two of two of my distributors basically filed Chapter Eleven or Chapter Seven, I think. So, so yeah. Oh. So I, I in you know it, it is what it is. Uh, the third one is you know it's doing okay, but the the first two, yeah, I got I got hammered. Ouch. Uh, but you know, live and learn. So I'm I'm learning. <laughs> so uh, when you get when you get burnt like that, mm-hmm. um, is there? Um, I mean, you just you're so you're out all the money you invested in the film. Wow, that's a good tax write off, I guess. The, a quarter yeah, of a million dollars—that's a big tax write off. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, sorry about that. I moved that. That's all right. Well, I mean, I still have the film out there. And like, for example, Blind Turn, it's no longer being, it's still out there. You can still see it. What is it? Blind Turn, the first one. Okay. It's still on, I think you can still watch it on Prime Video or something like that. But I I could try and re-release it, um, you know, which is something I've considered doing is trying to get it all back and try to re-release it. And and some of it may depend on what happens with the the grumpy old Santa. I mean, I maybe maybe uh, if I decide to do a direct direct distribution of some sort, then maybe I'll bring those films back under under a, a private label. What's that mean? A direct distribution? I don't know. Um, there there's there's uh, I guess they call them aggregators, where where you, instead of you can pay to be listed on like the streaming services, uh, you're going okay. through them, and it's either paid or a percentage of the revenue. Rather than having a distributor going out and selling to, to yeah. all the different market markets. Um, but again, I, I think what's really, really going to decide that on I me, mean, it's going to be what people are willing to offer to, to, you know, distribute the film. I mean, it'd be great if, if it'd be great if, uh, someone like, you know, HBO max or somebody like that said, Hey, we'll give you X amount and we'll give you, and we'll give you enough to make your next movie too. I'll say, okay, that'd work. Or does Lifetime do stuff like that? Or they do. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent certain, and it may be. I guess we'll see the see the edit. But they do purchase films sometimes from independents. Uh, I think we'll, we'll know more of our options when once we're ready to go out there and start pushing it. Wow. M- Micah has uh, ha- has some people that he's talked to in the past, and 
and I, I I have a couple of friends that are that are that are distributors too. We'll we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, my my experience with distributors has not been good. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it is it, it is Coca Cola versus um, you know, I'm some unknown brand, and you know, they take they're taking risks when they take on a film. They're going to yeah. limit their exposures like anyone else can. That's why, you know, my thought is, well, be your own distributor, maybe. So th that may be the way we go. I'm not sure yet. Is that where, um, what are those things called? Indie um, film, indie film. Um, what are they? Like, were they? Indie films? where they all get together and, and are they trying to sell their film festivals? What, what is well, a film? Yeah. yeah. Film festival is one way to go. I, I probably wouldn't go that route. I, probably what I would be doing is submitting it through one of these services that pushes it out to all the streaming services. Okay. But like Amazon, you, you can get a film on Amazon prime. They take 50% of whatever you, you know, whatever revenue is collected, but you can get on Amazon. And there, there's, there's a couple others other way. Usually you go through an aggregator that, does all that for you and then you have to spend money like everything else you gotta you know I, i've heard it said once you almost have to spend as much marketing as you did making your film to recover your money I, I've, I've never gone that route before but that may be the route we have to go this time because uh if they're not willing to here, here's my thought if someone's not willing to at least put in as much as i'm put in then maybe they don't need to be handling the film. I mean, that's right. where I'm at this time because I've been burned a couple of times. Well, that's only about half a million dollars. You'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, Hey, and by the way, I'm an Amazon influencer and I'm allowed to live stream on Amazon, like okay. to their customers. So once you get it, to Amazon, I'll, we'll do a live stream on Amazon hey, and that'd be great. Out to all their, their customers. Yeah. So, so, and, and Bridget says that she's right. Marketing is key. Thousand percent agree with that, but it's, it's the key to anything in, yep. in business. Right. So what are some of the other, um, without giving away, you don't have to give away the farm, but what are some of the other, um, films and ideas? I mean, Bridget said something, Right here, I just want this to do well enough to do the sequel. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be great. And and honestly, uh, my my co-writer already has some notes for the sequel. I said, well, we we'll have to wait and see see what, how this one goes first. But yeah, that'd be great. I I I'll tell you, just the little bit of time I spent watching um, Glenn and and Kevin Farley work together. Oh my god! Yeah, this was, is going to be a great yeah. movie. They they really have chemistry together. They really oh, do. geez, that was phenomenal, man. Those two were, and they were funny, so funny. <laughs> and I thought Twinkie did pretty good too. I had to mention Twinkie since I think she's watching. Who's Twinkie? Kara. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, she was awesome. Yeah, oh my gosh, no, everybody, Kimberly, like. Everybody on that that set was just absolutely. Again, I, it's my only experience on a movie set, so I, maybe it's they're all like that. But I thought everybody was just absolutely wonderful. 
Yeah, I, I, I haven't really had a bad experience on set. On the four films that I've been involved, even the, the bigger ones that I was involved in, um, it, 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 everybody was friendly and hardworking. But uh, Grumpy Old Santa seemed like he became a family. We became a family quickly, which yeah. was pretty cool. And, you know, having Glenn on set doesn't hurt either because he's such a, a, you know, such an uplifter, lifting people up and always uh, encouraging people. And, and that also helped. But we just had... We had a good cast, good good crew, and yeah, it was a it was a great experience. So so, let me. Uh, what are some of the other things you've got coming, or that you hope to have? Well, right now I'm just I just got ideas. I, I, that's but you okay. know one, one of them is I'll just give you a picture. One of them is junk, junkyard heroes which is a, a, a comedy a, a comedy of people that become superheroes uh, by accident. Uh, and, that, and they're basically watching a football game in the back of the pickup truck that's been turned into a hot tub and a little meteorite pop, pops into the, to, to the trunk and they become superheroes in East Texas style. Wow. That's one concept, but, you know, now someone else will take and run with it. That's okay. They'll run with it. Well, you don't have to. Don't spill all the beans. <laughs> no, 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 no. They don't know uh, where that meteorite came from. So. That's, right. <laughs> that's right. That's so, right. So let me ask you this. So you've been in business. You're, you said coming up on 27 years in your, in your um, telecom company. Um, you know, I, I can... I, I can, I've been through, I, cause I've been in technology for almost 30 years, website development and all kinds of stuff for, for almost 30 years. And I've seen so many ups and downs, man. I've seen, you know, just times when I, I was like, I can't, I can't even make payroll this week. And I've had to call employees together and go, Hey, um, we're going to get you next week when somebody pays their bill. Um, you know, like talk about, go back to the business, the ups and downs and talk about what, what, what are some of the things that helped you push through those tough times and, and eventually find success? Cause I'm sure you weren't, well, unless I'm, I could be wrong, but I, I would imagine you weren't an overnight success. No, no, I wasn't an overnight success. And we, we had lots of ups and downs, uh, that you, when we, during NCIC's growth, uh, in particular, you know, one of the, the hardest things you have to do is let people go. We had to let people go at, on occasion. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a, we, we were pretty close to shutting the door one time. Uh, wow. And I remember in a particular case where we didn't even know about it, but one, one of my accountants noticed that we didn't have enough funds to, to, to cover payroll if she took her check and, she decided to hold off on hers a couple of weeks so we can make payroll. And we didn't find out about it until probably a year later. So I think one of the reasons we were able to survive is because we had a family. I mean, it yep. really was a family that were willing to fight and put everything online on the line with us. And they did. And when we've all done well because of including my coworkers, but uh, I, I think surround yourself with people who care about, your future and their future and you care about their future I, I think you can go a long ways um so i i give a lot of credit to the people that me and my business partner have working with us how, how do you how do you develop 
or what do you attribute um, to building that kind of loyalty with people who are there to collect a paycheck? Honestly, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're I got to have a job. I got to make money. Um, what do you attribute your, your success to in that, that arena? I, I think, I think that it, it was just being honest. It was, it was really, it really has been a family that people have a say. And when things are good for the company, it's things are good for them. And that, that, that really, really is the case. And, and I think having been that way, when things got rough, they remember the good times and say, okay, you know, when it was good, we, we got to participate when it's tough. Now we may have to all squeeze back a little. Um, yeah. you, you know, and one of the things we learned, learned, and especially after we have that layoff is don't overextend yourself. And I think when you're a young company, sometimes you overextend yourself. You, 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 your, your glass is not half full. It's all the way full, no matter what, that's the mentality. But yeah, as you get older, you learn, okay, you gotta, yes, the glass can be half full, but you probably don't want to put too much more in that glass to where it's over overflowing with the wrong stuff. I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense, but I think that's one of the things we learned over the year is it's okay to move a little slower. Cause when you're young, you want to move fast, hard and, yeah. and jump at everything. And then you get older and, and business wise, things tend to slow down a little bit, but then become more stable. Right. And, and I think, um, that goes with my coworkers or my family, NCIC family in particular, it's just been that way. Um, they don't need no one, anyone standing over the show. They know how, how to do the job, but they do it. They do it as if it was their company because in a way it is. Yeah. I mean, what's pretty cool is to, is to watch some of your coworkers. Now their kids are coming to work with them and that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so, you know, um, it always, I always find it shocking to hear that, that, you know, someone decided on their own to leave this world, um, you know, and during the pandemic and like suicide rates skyrocketed. And I can remember having, and I've told this story, having a car repoed in front of all my employees, they were all getting paid, but I wasn't right. And, and, and it was one of those moments where I was like, what's the point of even being here? Like, I, like I was just humiliated. And at that point where I, I just felt like I couldn't take any more. What would you say to people watching that may be at the end of their rope? Like they, they, they don't know what else to do. They've tried everything um, and they just can't seem to make it work. What do you say to somebody that's just hanging on by a string? Been there for sure. Um, like I said, we, we almost had to, to close our doors. I, th I think sometimes you just need to take a break sit down, get in some, some silence. And in, in my case, I go to my faith uh, and say, okay, if, if it's not meant for me to be here, then take it away and open the next door. Um, and, and I'll use the example of NCIC. When this happened, when we almost had to close our, close our doors, it ended up pushing us in a direction that if we had not been moved to, we would probably not have been, not be in business today. 
And so mm. I, think, I think God often uses, uses those things that we're holding on too much. He wants us to loosen our hands because he's got something better for you. And in my case, that, that's exactly what happened. Or in the company's case, that's exactly what happened. Close one door and open up a huge door. How many people, though, hang on to that? <laughs> you know, like, it, no. It, sometimes you have to be beat down so hard that you don't want it anymore. I mean, I don't know if that makes any sense, but you, yeah. know, you just have to, okay. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm there. Now, what's next? I think we learn more from our failures than we do from our wins. Thousand percent. Because our win, wins, yeah, they're, they're nice, but yeah, I, I just think that's where we learn them from. We learn, you learn what you're made of when you're kicked, when you've been kicked down a lot. And you learn what the people around you are made of too. And I, you know, I go back to, to the, the question about what's different. I think really in the company we created was when, when things were down, people stuck together and we had a common, maybe we had a common enemy or a common goal and the common goal was to survive. So that's right. We, with God's grace and we survived and we, we went through a new door and that new door was, was much bigger. Wow. See, that's, that's awesome. What's uh, what's next for you, man? Uh, going on vacation next week. Is that, is that <laughs> what you mean? Yeah. Sorry. I, I love cruising. So I'm going to do some cruising next week. So, uh, cruise and, like on a cruise ship. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big cruise ship fan. So <laughs> I'll be cruising on, on Sunday actually. Um, wow. Probably work, start working on another story when I get back. I, right now, I have all these ideas in my head, but uh, but I am I'm ready to 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 do another one. Um, wow. In you know may, maybe maybe explore some different alternative, maybe a series. I thought about a series. Um, so don't have a sp specifics. I mean, I have a lot of ideas and. That's usually how I work. I, I, I'll spitball a lot of ideas and then one will start landing over and over again. Wow. Then then me and Justin will get online and now Ray's going to be, Ray, actually, you've met Ray. Yeah, Ray, I love Ray. Yeah. Ray's going to uh, help help us write this next script too. He's got some good ideas. So um, other than that, just wow. keep on living, you know, traveling, travel and make movies. That's what I want to do now. Well, I got to say that um, <clears throat> I think you am. My mother-in-law is on a cruise literally right now. She just All right. left, left a few <laughs> days ago. Um, but your, your, um, your kindness and hospitality, and here you are, the director of this movie, and my I bring my family out, and, and you were so nice and kind to to, to everyone. It was it, just a good guy and your church out there. That was kind of cool. Yeah. That, that, right. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Really cool. special. Yeah. Yeah. You want to tell, tell everybody about the church thing? Yeah. Uh, well, a little we bit. Actually, <laughs> yeah. A little bit. We actually had to, to, to uh, re, reshoot a, a church scene uh because of some some casting changes but what ended up happening and it ended up being the very last scene that we we're going to film of the whole movie which made it that much cooler uh, and, it, and uh, so we got to read we redid it 
and it was great. And then we had Glenn and and Kara singing in the in, in the four way afterwards, which was actually kind of cool. And, uh, but yeah. it was just a good place to end it. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I can't wait for this film to come out. Not not because I was bowling next to Glenn and and Kara. Um, but because, but more, more because I just think it's a great, it is an absolutely wonderful movie. I think it's going to be incredible. And I predict it's going to be a massive hit. I, I think there's no reason why it couldn't be, because I think it has all the, all the elements of a good film. It really does. I agree. Well, Jay, I, I really appreciate you coming on today. Where can everybody follow you? What's the best place to follow you? Learn more about the movies you're making? Or well, I, I think that I have a fan page for me, and you can, which is J-A-Y or J-D Walters. I have a fan page there. Or right. I, I set up one for Grumpy Old Santa if you want to just follow the film, which uh, is on Facebook as well. That's you, is there a website? It's grumpy, uh, grumpy. I'm going to put that up on screen. Doesn't have much on it yet, but it will in the future. Okay. So grumpy old Santa.com, right? right? Right there. Awesome. Jay, you're a, you're a good man. I, I, I look forward to, um, look forward to seeing what, what you have, uh, coming. Appreciate you, Ken. It's always Likewise. a pleasure. Likewise, man. Likewise. So stay with me. I'm going to end the live stream. Thank you to everybody who's been on here. And thank you to everyone who shared this out. There are extra bonus points for you somewhere. Jay might have you come out and be an extra in a movie or something <laughs> if you shared this. <laughs> so thank you, guys. Jay, thanks so much. We'll see you guys later. Thanks, everybody, for joining us.